Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, I'm so happy to be with you today for another episode. Today is so special. We have our new friend, Terika Joy Smith on to talk all about her magazine, Eden and Vine. You guys are going to love this magazine. It is so gorgeous. I just spent the morning flipping through uh, the issue that I have in front of me and it is so beautiful. And you're going to love hearing from Terika all about just her heart for Sabbath and harvest season and God's calling in our lives. We just had the most rich conversation. I think you're really going to love it. One thing I want to let you know in advance, we had to tweak the audio a little bit. Uh, We had some technological difficulties the day that we recorded, but it was such a rich conversation that I didn't want you to miss it. So if you notice just a little bit of quality difference in what you're used to, that is why. But uh, we did the best we could in the editing process to make it the best conversation technologically speaking, that it could be. So with that said, help me welcome our new friend, Terika, to the show. Terika, I am so thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank this you. This is so much fun. Yes. Okay. I 
am so excited about your magazine. It is gorgeous. And I've, I've had a couple issues of it sent to me. We were just talking and I'm going to the beach in a couple of weeks and I'm like beyond excited to just lay on the beach and get to really savor it and soak it in. But it's so gorgeous. And being like a creative kind of girl myself, I just want to hear, I want to hear the story. Like, tell me how you got started. Tell me all about Eden and Vine. Sure. I would love to. Uh, well, it is certainly a magazine, um, but we call it a coffee table book in a magazine format um, because it's not something that you would ever want to throw away. We create a lot of really classic content that you can you know, return to forever, um, ideally. And so it's the kind of thing that, that you would want to keep. So we always encourage people, don't throw this away. This is a resource. Um, and then, of course, the magazine format is just so appealing to women. And I always tell people, I'm like, I'm a storyteller, but um, I like words and pictures. So I like mm-hmm. to go alongside our storytelling. Um, and it is faith-based, of course, but it is also garden-themed. Um, I'm a gardener, and I spend many, many hours in my garden. It's the place that I uh, most effortlessly and intimately meet with the Lord. And that turned me a number of years ago to scripture where I just found so much garden and botanical um, terminology used throughout scripture, which led me to jokingly declare partially an entire truth that God must love gardens because he uses them all throughout scripture from the garden of Eden to Jesus in Gethsemane, to the garden tomb, to the garden in paradise. You see it as this beautiful backdrop in some of the most key stories throughout scripture. So um, it came to be, as far as, you know, the birthing of it, through a series of events, um, but it really was a, about a two or three year wrestle with the Lord on my part. I always knew that I would write. I did not ever see myself launching a magazine necessarily, but the moment that God kind of unfurled the vision in a clear uh, way for me to really get my hands around and my heart around He also reminded me of all of the training I'd had in this industry because I had served as an intern at a magazine for years and then actually studied the industry in college for a while and then actually left the university I was at and moved to a different state so that I could intern with a different magazine. And then at the end of that, decided I didn't like that world. It was not my thing and I didn't really want to pursue that. And so we moved to Tennessee and embraced farm life. And somewhere in the middle of all that, years later, we're talking probably a decade later, the Lord kind of showed me what what the vision was. And in the moment of showing me, also reminded me that he had already prepared me for, for it and trained me for it. So we stepped out in blind, crazy faith, just crazy, crazy faith. Um, Ill, Ill-equipped, it felt like, and without any resources. And we just did it. So here we are. That's <laughs> so we- awesome. Okay. What part of Tennessee? just outside of Nashville. About- <gasps> uh, okay. I lived my whole life. Well, I was born in Northeast Tennessee in like the Tri-Cities area. And then, and then I lived in Knoxville for about 10 years. I went to the University of Tennessee and never left until I married my husband. And he is, he pastors a church here in South Mississippi where we are now, but we are both Tennessee people. Tennessee is home to us. And so I love that you live right outside of Nashville. That's such a fun area. I grew up here his whole life. We, you know, everybody jokingly in, in this area because it's growing like crazy. If you actually grew up here, you know, they call you a unicorn and he's one of those. He's been here his whole life. I'm from Texas, but moved here about seven, eight years ago. 
Okay. That's so fun. Okay. No wonder I love you so much. And you just, you're like a fast friend. Cause if you've been in Tennessee for any length of time, it's just, it's just a fun place to be. So I love that. Okay. So I want to talk about like, there's sort of this theme of like sowing, tending, harvesting, resting. Like when we think about like the rhythms of gardening and of planting and even you know, there's the metaphor of that spiritually in our lives. And so as this magazine has grown, you know, what do those rhythms look like in your life, especially during like crazy seasons when it's really growing? Like talk to us about that. Definitely is um, crazy. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, I love the symbolism and the metaphor that just, as you've mentioned throughout the seasons, how we kind of flow Um, And actually, Patsy Claremont, if you're familiar with her at all, she um, is such a mother in the faith, and she's one of our contributors, one of the founding members of Women of Faith. And I asked her a similar question in an interview about a year ago, and she kind of laughed, and she said, you just kind of learn to dance. She was like, I don't know if I've ever really found one rhythm, because about the time that I figure it out, everything changes. And it totally set me free, because I was like, that is good advice. But... Um, we do, and she even made the comment, she's like, but it's a very worthy effort to try to find, you know, that rhythm. And so that we certainly do. But in crazy seasons, um, you know, especially as women, whether we're wives or mothers or even as single women, grandmothers, pretty much in any season of life, we're always sewing and we're always tending. That's just part of the heart of a woman. But the harvesting and the resting parts, those are a little bit more challenging so we make uh, a lot of our focus in every single issue on the concept of Sabbath living or Sabbath in general, rest, intention, what that looks like in different seasons. Um, and we give a lot of energy and effort to that. In fact, years ago, years ago, when I first became a mother um, and was struggling with the balance of everything, I just very kind of for fun created something I called the Intention Project. And it was a season of my life where I spent a lot of time investigating and studying what Sabbath was as a day of the week that God created, but also as, you know, a metaphor and a concept that I could embrace. And it became something that I would look for Sabbath moments, 30 second minute moments throughout my day. And sometimes it would be a Sabbath afternoon or a Sabbath hour. Sometimes it would be, um, you know, my husband and I even created what we called Sabbath seasons where we would take a month and we would set some goals and some general boundaries. And we would adhere to those really strictly as a family Um, And then even in moving to Tennessee, we even, because we moved out into the country from the city, we made some very specific changes in our life. Like we don't have blinds on our windows. We wanted to be far enough out that we didn't have curtains or blinds so that we could rise and fall with the sun and our bodies would reset to the natural rhythms of life that God created. Um, We would, we never had cable television or anything out here. Just some, there was a whole long list of things that we did, but it was with the goal of returning to a place of peace and rest and harvest of joy and life in general. And so in crazy seasons, to really specifically answer that question, I find that I have to employ a lot more intention um, and a lot more sense of awareness. And I will actually schedule it into my day. In fact, every day I have something called morning rituals. Um, and it's a little checklist of things that give me life and peace and joy. And I go through them every morning before I do anything else. And that helps keep me sane in crazy seasons. And same thing in the afternoons and evenings. I just have a 
it's really about intention and just a quick little list of things that you can make sure you're doing. Because if I get to the end of the day or a week and I feel frazzled, it's usually because I haven't taken seconds and minutes and moments throughout the day to pause and reconnect with the Lord and just kind of center myself and get my get my head right and get my spirit right so I can mother well, so I can lead well as a for you know, Eden and Vine, so I can be a decent wife to my husband, like all of those little things, they really do add up. So in busy seasons, I just find it takes a lot more intention and awareness. And if I'm doing that, the Lord with his grace tends to fill in all the gaps of the place where I might miss it. But generally speaking, that's really what it is, just awareness. Yeah, that's so good. And it's good reminders to me too. I love the whole Sabbath conversation because uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm married to a pastor. And so life for us um, well, okay. I was, I was 26 when I got married. So I had several like adult years of just doing life on my own and having normal weekends and things like that before marrying into ministry life. And now working full time and managing podcasting and writing projects and things like that. Saturday is, is really the only day that there's opportunity for that. And apart from what you're saying of those moments throughout the week, like, you know, maybe we decide, okay, these couple of evenings, we're just going to spend just some downtime and rest and read a book or create something or work on, you know, a fun hobby or something like that. Um, But I've noticed in me, if there's a Saturday where we like go, 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 and there's no opportunity for rest, I just am not, I'm not the best Rebecca. (laughs) And, um, it's challenged me in that area to be more intentional in our first couple years of marriage. Um, just because I've never, in some ways I have more time because I work from home now. And, you know, so there's that space where I can throw laundry in or or do dishes, you know, when I, I need to stand up and break away from my desk, but there's also the piece of like the only day that I have off quote is Saturday. And so there's like challenges to, there were challenges to my lifestyle before, and there are challenges to this season as well. But one of those for me has just been being more intentional in that area. It's so important. And I think that looks different for every family. It looks different in every season. And so I think there's so much grace for that. Like whatever your life looks like, whatever that needs to look like to feel restful for you. I think it's so important to find that. And there's a principle that I love um, that my husband and I think about a lot. And it's this idea of if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. And so it's this thought of like, if you create content and you're writing and you're speaking and you're, if, if that type of world is your work, then it's probably going to feel really restful to you to create something with your hands. And that puts color to the reason why I love crocheting. I love spending time outside. I love making polymer clay jewelry. I love painting with watercolors, you know, like those type of things feel so restful to me because I can do something from start to finish. I can pick up something and, and create it with my hands. Um, and feel the sense of accomplishment almost. Whereas a lot of the work that we do day to day does not feel that way. 
you know? And so anyway, that's just something that I think has been top of mind for like our family and something we've been kind of navigating through lately. So I wanted to share that, but. You know, it tends to be really practical. The rest in and of itself is very practical application. It's not rocket science. It's not hard, but yet it is the thing that the enemy tends to war with us for because he knows what is found in it and how we really connect with the Lord in that space. Um, and that's one of the things, even with Eden and Vine, that we we recently, just this fall, launched a market, an online market. And our goal with that was very simply to, you know, in Eden and Vine, we talk a lot about rituals, like life-giving rituals, Sabbath rituals. That can be easily incorporated into anyone's life, into anyone's day. Um, you know, the simple act of brewing a cup of tea. We have a whole little tea house. But the reason we did that is because we wanted to give um, our readers who are inspired by the content and feel motivated and provoked by it to actually put very practical tools in their hands that they can then cultivate these these rituals mm-hmm. in their life. And it is, it's very practical. It's usually very simple, but that intention piece um, is key. So once yeah. you that and you set your mind that I am going to do this, and if we make it very, I learned a few years ago that if I made it accessible, um, like for example, I created this really pretty tea drawer in my kitchen and it's well organized and it's appealing. And when I open it, it's a feast for the eyes. And it's the simple act of brewing a cup of tea. But because I've made it accessible and lovely in the, in the way that I go about it, I'm drawn to it and I want to do it. And when it's easy, you know, it, it's a lot, it makes it a lot easier for you to simply step in and embrace it. But yeah, that intention piece is everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So another thing that I know you love talking about and we love talking about around here is just this idea of God's call on our lives, our, our purpose. And the more conversations that I have around centered around this, the more I'm realizing how much we overcomplicate this idea in our lives. And it almost feels like this unattainable far reaching thing. Um, just this idea of God's will or his call in our lives. And so I'm just curious, I want to hear your perspective on like, how do we listen to God? How do we more fully surrender this area of our life? Well, which is our life, right? Like what we're called to do more fully over to him. What's been your experience there? Like what encouragement would you offer? Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's a fantastic question one that we hear a lot too, um, how do I find my purpose or what am I supposed to do? And it's going to sound really simplified, but it's true. Most of us are already doing it in some way, form or fashion. And it usually goes all the way back to adolescence and childhood um, because whatever God put in us to do, we're already probably drawn to. Um, I have yet to meet someone who God forced them to do something they didn't want to do, you know, like something drastic. So usually it's the things that we're already fairly gifted in or that we have strengths in that we're already drawn to, um, whether that's, you know, loving kiddos and you love spending time with kids and you love children's ministry or, and that doesn't, it doesn't even have to be in a ministry context by any stretch of the imagination. Is it just, delivering fresh eggs from your backyard to your neighbors? Is it talking with strangers at the checkout line? Um, Purpose is in all of us. It's woven into us from the moment we arrive on the planet. And so it's not really um, a great quote. It's not so much about discovering who we are as much as it is remembering who we are because it's in us. Purpose is in us. And so 
it's always very freeing for me when I remind myself and remember and encourage myself that, again, it's in the quiet, it's in, um, you know, even in the book of Isaiah, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. And that verse goes on to say, in quietness and confidence is your strength. And that's the Lord speaking. In quietness is your strength. Return to me, rest in me. Everything we need is in him. And the same thing, that again, you see, you see it throughout scripture, but even like Isaiah in the cave, right? When he comes out and it's not the earthquake, it's not the fire, it's the gentle whisper where he finds God. Um, and you see all throughout scripture in that, that place of peace and that place of rest is where we really connect with the Lord. And it's in that space that we really realize who we are and what we're meant to be. It kind of just bubbles up out of us. And so I know a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there with coaching and, and it's all beautiful, beautiful things to employ and methods to explore. Um, I did a lot of that early on in my own life. I spent a year, actually more than that, doing um, I was an intern for a year and then going on to to college. A lot of personality assessments and strengths finders and career assessments. And those things were very revealing and they were very good. But really all they did was reaffirm what I already knew and already drawn to and what I already sort of naturally did without trying too hard. So you're right. We very much overcomplicate it. And usually it's right in front of us. If we just find stillness and peace and rest, it becomes pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's so good. Okay. So one of the things we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but, and I know we don't have time to unpack the entire story, but what I love about what I already know about your story and just how you stepped out in faith and started this, um, is that it was a huge, huge leap of faith. You wear a lot of hats in your life as most of the women listening to this podcast do. And so encourage listeners a little bit who maybe feel called to start something new and they're in that season where God's planted something in them and, and they're about to take that step of faith. Walk yourself back to like, when you started Eden and Vine, like how would you, what encouragement did you need? Like in that season, as you were taking that step? Great question. Um, I've shared this a fair amount just in kind of explaining how Eden and Vine came to be, but the Lord began dealing with me primarily about when I say dealing with me, that's kind of a strong word to use, but let's say conversing, conversing with me about this concept of the magazine. And once the idea came to me, um, I just began to really wrestle with it and the immensity of it and what it would mean and how it would change my life. And, was it really his thing or was it my thing? You know, it was back and forth, back and forth. And there came a moment where very plainly in scripture, I saw Jesus on more than one occasion feeding the 5,000. And the Lord very clearly was like, I don't, I don't need you to make miracles. I just need you to bring your loaves and fish, not your job or your responsibility to do that. And so I embraced that and began stepping out in faith and just trusting him at a completely different level, realizing I was really asking or in my mind, anticipating something miraculous. But when we bear the responsibility of doing anything or making anything a success or growing anything to any certain level or perceived level of success, we take on this striving and this burdensome thing that will break us in the end. Because if we, if anything is birthed in quote, the arm of the flesh, it has to be 
by the arm of the flesh. If it's birthed by the, the, the arm of the spirit, then God sustains it. So there is no striving in him if, if we embrace him and move into that space of faith with him. But um, I was sitting in my kitchen counter one night and decided, I was like, you know, I'm going to do it because I know he's calling me to it. And I don't know what, what's going to become of it. And I really can't concern myself with that because if it touches two people, if he's called me to do it, then I've done what he's called me to do. And if it touches two million people, then I've done what he's called me to do. But I can't determine what that looks like or what that feels like. And in the mystery and sovereignty of God, none of us can. We live in this world with all of these ideals of success and numbers and likes and comments and reviews. And that's really tripped a lot of us up from stepping out because if we do something that maybe is our heart and soul, but only 10 people acknowledge it, who's to say that's not exactly what God purposed and of an immensely successful, but we really do have to separate ourselves from thinking we know what he specifically desires or wants of us um, and just let him make the miracle, whatever that looks like. It may not be 5,000, it might be five, but let him do it and just release that responsibility and that weight that would, would bind us to something and make us scared to step out. And I will tell you the one thing <laughs> that really set me free when we were getting ready to launch our very first issue. Um, I was so, we'd never done it before. I had no idea how it was going to look. I didn't know what the print job was going to look like. There were just so many odds and ends and, um, and unknowns and things that were scary. And of course, I've, I've shared that I didn't have a professional camera. I had iPhone photos and a little broken down laptop. And that's exactly how we created the first issue miraculously. Because who would do that? Who would who would do that? It was so crazy. Looking back, I'm like, it must have been blind faith and it must have been the Lord because any sane person would not have done that. But we did. And I read a quote, a business quote that really set me free. Um, and I can't even tell you who said it. I just remember the quote was, your first product should always be junk. Yes. <laughs> you know what? That set me free because I was like, if you don't step, if you wait until you think everything is right, the seasons are right, your kids are the right age, you have the right resources and money in the bank and connection, you'll probably never do it. So stepping out and trusting God to fill in the gaps is where it's at. That's the yeah. magic. Yeah, I I so agree with that. And I mean, man, this podcast is another example of that. I had no, I, less than no idea what I was doing when I first started. I had less than no idea of like, okay, what equipment do I need? And how do I interview people? Well, like, how do I have a good conversation in a way that is going to be impactful to people who are just listening and can't see, you know, the conversation. And, um, I mean, I look back now, like you look back on that first issue of the magazine. I look back at probably my first 10 interviews. They were junk. They were junk. And, but you know what? It took that. It took like, the continued pursuit of like, okay, God, you're calling me to this work and I'm going to sharpen my saw and I'm going to keep practicing. And, um, and now we have what we have today. Um, but if I would have waited until like I had all the right stuff and I had, I felt like I could do it well enough and, um, you know, to please my own desires, then I never would have stepped out. And so I, yeah. I just echo everything that you just said. So good. And um, 
So what we're about to do, I'm super excited, is hop on over to our Patreon page to get to know you a little better. So our people who subscribe over there will get to know Terika a little bit better. And um, we ask some really fun questions over there. It's sort of a lightning round. And we do one for every new guest that we have on the show. And so it's going to be really fun. So make sure you go listen if you are subscribed over there. And if you're not, come on and join us. You can hop on over to patreon.com, search for do the thing movement. You can go on over to my Instagram as well to kind of figure out how to navigate there. But before we go, I want to give you the chance to just share with everybody, how can they connect with you, grab Eden and Vine, all those things. Absolutely. Um, Eden and Vine, you can get right offline. We ship it directly to you at edenandvine.com. Um, and the market and everything else is there also. Um, primarily I'm on Instagram and you can find our Instagram account too, just at Eden and Vine. And then you can find me at Terrica Joy. Um, and I do share a lot of behind the scenes and stuff like that with the making of the magazine in real life with, you know, being a wife and mom and homeschooler and all those jazz or homeschooling mother rather. Uh, but those are the best places to find us website. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Okay. Well, I am so grateful for you. This has been so much fun and I'm just thankful that you'd be with me today. I love it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening. And I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye friends.